Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and welcome back to another Housing Matters Podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist here at CAR, and I'm joined by our Director of Research and Senior Economist, Oscar Way. Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good to have you back with us and to be back with our members after a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, as seems the standard these days, lots of, of updates to get to and new information coming down the pike that's changing almost weekly. Let's take a step back and go into the, the kind of coronavirus projection mode. We've kind of seen the, the curve flattened over the course of the last couple of episodes, and we talked about how the numbers were getting better and that the economy is starting to reopen and some of the, the housing indicators were moving in the right direction last time we met. Um, but, but we've seen some new updates as the state has started to reopen and, and also just pass some kind of critical milestones as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think last time when we recorded it, it was just reopened and uh, you're absolutely right. You know, things seems to be turning um, a little bit better and that's the reason why we were, we were opening. Right. And, um, but Yes, there are some, you know, uh, big numbers to, to cover. So let me just uh, kind of go over some of the numbers. Um, at the national level first, um, the death toll actually passed uh, over uh, 100,000. It's sent back wow. to 103,400 um, just a, a day or two days ago. And we now have about uh, 1.7 million confirmed cases. Now, these are just confirmed cases, obviously, you know, um, you know, some of those cases, some of the other cases may not be, uh, may, may not be known. Right. Um, and um, that's that's a significant number. I think part of the reason is also because we have uh, maybe stepped up at a national level on a number of tests, and right. that might have confirmed more cases. Absolutely. Now, at the, and at the state level, it's not it's not a small number. Also, you know, for California, yeah, we have uh, nearly one hundred four thousand uh, cases in California, and the fatality rate is um, you know past four thousand as yeah. of like a day or two ago. Yeah, and we're still getting new cases, and I think that's the the other part. And in fact, we've seen the number of new uh, cases ramp up over the last couple of days. So, you know, we had been seeing those numbers fall for consecutive days, about four or five days in a row as the uh, as that kind of phase one and two started. Mm -hmm. But But over the last week or so, we've seen the number of new cases start to creep back up again. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, for to a certain extent, I think we kind of expect there might be some uh, increase, uh, again, partly because of, you know, increased number of tests, but also, um, you know, when you reopen, you know, the state and the individual counties, uh, obviously, there is, uh, we have more risks of right. the uh, coronavirus being spread. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to walk that that balance. And I think that, uh, you know, that's an important point on the testing front, that this isn't necessarily an increase in the number of people who are being infected. It might just be an increase in our visibility into people who are already uh, infected that are pushing up these numbers. But nonetheless, it's it's something to keep an eye on, because, again, right. that still remains, I think, the biggest wild card for thinking about the economy. We've passed some of the big milestones and things had been moving in the in the right direction, but we want to stay vigilant because we've already seen 
some pretty sizable economic impacts and and if the uh, and if the virus gets worse from here then then obviously the the impact right will also get worse but we got a revised number for for GDP growth and we we saw that actually you know, even as that kind of very first estimate of first quarter GDP was a little bit worse than what people expected, we actually saw it get revised to being uh, even worse than that original estimate, right? So we went from an uh, initial of 4.8%, and now we're at a, an even 5% decline for the first quarter's GDP. Yeah, I mean, it's not a significant uh, revised downward, but it, it, I mean, it is worse than what we previously thought. Right. And uh, of course, it has a lot to do with consumer spending and investment. Um, but uh, consumer spending, as uh, we've talked about before, uh, plays a significant role because it uh, makes up about uh, two thirds to 70% of, you know, the, uh, the GDP. Right. Um, and, and when you have, you know, a lot of people, you know, out of jobs, that's going to happen. Yep. Um, if you take a look at the, the drop though, the, the 5% drop, the revised uh, number, it's actually the worst that we have seen since what, um, 2008. Yeah, yeah, it's a big number, and and again, we were you know before the uh, the April consumer spending numbers came out, we had been kind of expecting, or you know, and definitely before the the April housing market stuff, you know, thinking that the uh, the impact was going to be maybe three and a half to to three point eight percent, because you know January and February were actually pretty good months for the economy, pretty good months for housing market and so really it was only the last two weeks of March that were that were quote unquote bad and so I think that again you know look at this first quarter number as more of a harbinger of what to expect this quarter um, than really measuring the past even though it was kind of worse than than expected but uh, yeah consumer spending is a a huge part of that and and we had you know on a non-annualized basis just a raw monthly decline in retail sales of over 15%. And we saw that even with the the boost to incomes, the uh, Bureau of Economic Analysis just released the income and spending numbers this morning as we're sitting here recording this, which is the 29th, I believe, of May. And we saw that the stimulus was going into the income side, right? Income actually went up by a fair bit uh, in in the April numbers, and yet we saw this big retrenchment in spending, both on the retail side just and in services, right? Because the overall number was was down as well. Yeah, and it's really not a surprise, as you mentioned, you know, that we we kind of expect you know spending to go down, and we saw that retail sales went down significantly, except maybe for you know internet sales and stuff like that, right? Right. Um, but you know, people are not going to malls, people are not going to restaurants, people are not buying things. So, you know, we saw that, you know, that dropped. But, you know, you mentioned a very good point about, you know, personal income. Um, it looks like, yes, we may be being hit hard in April, maybe even May. But it looks like there is at least a little glimpse of hope that it might uh, improve a little bit because the government started passing out money. Right. Yeah. And and that's going in both on the business side and on the individual side, whether it be through, um, you know, small business lending that's used to pay payrolls or unemployment insurance that's going into people's bank accounts and, and across the, the gamut. And in fact, um, I think it was the biggest increase in monthly uh, raw top level income yeah. that, that we've seen either ever or in a very long time. 
it it is the 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 highest but you know you got to take into consideration that you know when they look at the top the the highest record uh, on uh, highest on record they they annualize stuff and with with the government uh, transfer payment increasing significantly you know from right. the month before and when they annualize everything it looks like it, it is a significant number uh but um and 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 you know for the time period, yeah, it is a significant number. Uh, yeah, but, and uh, critical that people are getting that money. Obviously, you know, it's not to downplay that, but but the th- the fact is, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, uh, later part of the year we're not going to have that much transfer payment because if that's the case, that means we continue to have significant uh, unemployment rate. Right. Exactly. So uh, so it's helping for now, but I think that you know we're kind of in this period where we're past the. Uh, the kind of direct impacts associated with sheltering in place, but now we're going to start to see some of the secondary impacts. And I think that, you know, those are going to come from just the, you know, the ripple effects of the the economic losses we've already suffered. And when you look at the jobless claims, right, mm-hmm. that, that people have, you know, this week we passed another critical milestone. We're over 40 million people now um, over the course of the last two to two and a half months have filed for unemployment insurance, lost their jobs, lost their primary uh, incomes. And so, you know, that obviously is behind some of the the negative numbers that we saw in GDP and consumer spending. But I think it's also going to have, you know, what, again, the, the nerds like us like to call those multiplier effects, because when they're not making that money, that means that they can't go out and, and shop at businesses or buy cars and all of that. And so, um, you know, that's going to continue to have, have, effects on the economy even as things move in the right direction because and that's the paradox in some ways right because we've actually seen the number of claims going down for like the last seven eight weeks in a row yeah i mean you're right you know uh, we have surpassed the 40 million you know jobless claims already of course some of those are i mean these are new initial jobless claim obviously hopefully you know uh, some yeah. of those 40 million uh, might have been recalled after the um the, after uh, the, the economy yeah. reopened uh, but yeah, the pace has gone down. Um, nevertheless, if you just look at you know April's number that we just talked about, wages did go down by about eight percent or something like that yeah. in terms of the number, went down by eight uh, percent before after the three uh, three point five percent drop. So you know it, it's affecting you know everything. The pace, you know, as you mentioned, Jordan, the pace of uh, jobless claim did go down. I mean, but you know we're still looking at what two point one million. Um, yeah few a couple months ago three months ago that, that two million hard. number would be like wow but yeah. uh no i think and and you know it's it's kind of one of those things and i've been telling the the joke about you know truman wanting a, a one-handed economist because we're always talking about you know on the one hand but on the other hand and and that's kind of how i feel about about this economy right on the one hand we've dropped from seven million people a week almost filing for unemployment to just quote unquote <laughs> Uh, 2.1 million, but on the other hand, 40 million people have have lost their jobs, and and actually still adding, like you said, a significant number of people to the unemployment roll. So, um, you know, things are are getting worse at a at a slower rate, right. <laughs> I guess. Um, but well, but still, a lot of challenges out there, and that's why I'm kind of you know cautioning folks that you know, yes, things are moving in the right direction. Yes, it looks like. Um, early to mid-April was the bottom across a lot of these indicators, but we've got a big hole to climb out of, and and we're still seeing the the kind of ripple effects playing out from from all of this job loss that we've seen. 
Yeah, I mean, when you when we say two point one million is good, then the economy is bad. That pretty much, you know, <laughs> celebrating two point one million unemployment claims tells you everything in some ways you need to know about where the economy is right now. And let's talk about now how how that's playing out in the housing market, right? Because last week, I believe it was, we released our April um, report on right. home sales and prices here in California. And um, again, not surprisingly, we've been reporting on this with the daily data for a long time, but um, we did see the kind of first true glimpse at the effects of, of COVID-19 with the April data where the whole the whole kind of month is reflecting what, what was going on out there. Absolutely. I mean, the good thing about, you know, the monthly report, of course, uh, you, we, we, we know the numbers, but the, uh, when looking at the monthly report, um, we are able to actually compare it to last year, which will give right. us, you know, another perspective. And it's pretty significant, you know, as far as, you know, how it uh, compares to last year. Um, the, we we were at the lowest, you know, in April, we hit uh, 277,400. Um, and that's actually the lowest that we have seen since February 2008, right. the recession year. Um, and the, the drop on a year-over-year basis is huge. It's 30.1% yes. uh, compared to last year. Uh, that's yeah, actually the and even on the job. monthly basis, right? Just a single month decline, just like we saw in the retail stuff, was also one of the biggest. And so uh, we, yeah, we saw ever. this coming, but but seeing it in 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 black and white on the page at at you know just a thirty percent decline in sales is is still very eye catching, even though you expect it. Yeah, and and it's not just one area like you know Obey area drop you know thirty percent. Right. It's it's pretty much you know all Across major regions. It's not a surprise. What about price? Did it affect any uh, price? Yes to no, right? In some ways, it it's showing up in price in the sense that we had like our slowest, you know, pace of growth on a year-to-year basis with the, the median price only going up less than 1%, mm-hmm. whereas it had been growing at a much more robust uh, pace in January and February and actually even into uh, into. March. March, right. But at the same time, it didn't actually fall from 2019 levels either. Right. That's true. It's still above 600,000, barely, but still above 600,000. I mean, of course, taking into consideration that we we have interest rate at uh, close to three or 3.3%, you know, the fact that it dropped to almost uh, I dropped uh, the, the the increase on a month to month basis is pretty flat or year over year basis is pretty flat. Um, yep. And on a month-to-month basis, uh, it actually dropped slightly by 1%. Um, Which is still, I think, a lot better than many had been expecting, certainly in the minds at least of consumers, right, that we've seen in our in our survey data that consumers expected a much more severe uh, impact to to prices. And I think it comes down kind of to the, this idea of inventory because, you know, one of the things that we've seen pretty clearly across the board in not just our MLS data, but in the survey research that we've been doing, and actually in our in our consumer sentiment survey that we do of California consumers as well, is all mm-hmm. three of those seem to show that sellers have have been uh, more heavily impacted by this than buyers. First time buyers in particular still seem pretty um, gung ho, if you will, about moving forward again. I think that goes to what you said about um, these historically low interest rates. But when you think about, uh, you know, inventory, it did jump on a, on an unsold inventory basis, but the, uh-huh. the overall level is still very tight from a historical standpoint. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, when we talk about the unsold inventory or months of supply, we usually look at, you know, it's a ratio between, you know, uh, listings and um, sales. And of course, if sales drop more significantly than supply, then uh, it may show that, you know, it might be pretty similar as far as the level of concern months of supply is concerned is pretty similar to last month or the month, uh, the same month of last year. But in fact, you know, both uh, supply and sales uh, drop quite significantly. It's just that uh, sales seem to be seem to have reacted a little sooner. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, when when you think about California's housing market, and we look at the at the kind of forward looking data, um, you know, it, it strikes me that we're we're still going to be in a market with um, excess demand, because even with this jump from where we were, back in March to 3.4 months of supply. Again, 3.4 months is still right on with where we were even at this time last year when we weren't in the midst of a, of a pandemic. And it does seem like the buyer demand is coming back more quickly than the active listings. And so uh, eventually we're gonna get into a period where that, that inventory is gonna be um, just as tight as, as ever. Yeah, now before we get to you know our latest data, I uh, just want to um, kind of, Revisit a little bit. I may we may have mentioned uh, last time about how this compared to you know previous recessions. Yes. Just want to quick uh, give a quick notes on inventory. For example, last uh, recessions 10, 12 years ago, you know when we had the um, significant downturn in, in sales and price, you know inventory went all the way up to 16, 17, 18 months. Right. Compared to now, only three point four months. Yeah. And, uh, and again, I think that, you know, you look at time on market, you look at what's happening with prices and that tells you that there's still a decent right. amount of, of demand out there, you know, that, uh, that 3.4 months, I mean, what six, seven months used to be the, the norm. And I would say right. that 3.4 is maybe considered high at this stage, but we're in just a, a very low inventory, low rate, uh, environment and, and where we see a lot of the job losses as well aren't necessarily in the, the categories where most of the um, home buyers come from as well. And so I think that uh, mixed bag in the April data, it's somewhat backward looking. Um, mm -hmm. And you do see those, those increases in inventory. And again, I attribute that mostly to the sales um, decline. But if we look forward, right, and we look at the, uh, the weekly data that goes uh -huh. through almost a full month now of, of May, uh, we could see that actually uh, closed sales promisingly have actually seen a couple of modest increases uh, at least last week for for the statewide number. It's still you know well below where we were before the crisis, but um, finally after precipitous declines for many weeks in a row, we saw the first signs that closed sales might start to look like what we've seen on the pending side. Yeah, it seems like you know closed sales uh, kind of bottom out like two two weeks ago maybe you yep. know because we were concerned. I think when we talked about you know our last podcast, we might be concerned that you know closed sales continue to decline, but it might be uh, bottoming out because it, the timing seems to be you know about right, right? Because five six weeks or seven weeks ago, uh, because now the escrow time got stretched a little bit. Yep. Um, it seems like back then, six months, six weeks ago, we had pending sales bottomed out. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, that is a, a good sign. We saw it across basically every region of the state. We also saw it across almost every price segment as well, right? So we saw it in the in the kind of under five hundred thousand. Right, right. We saw it over uh, a million as well. In fact, 
actually the top end of the market seemed to uh, to come back a little bit stronger in in closed sales last week relative to oh, that's good. the bottom end of the market, but really broad based growth geographically and across segments. That's good. That's good to know. I mean, I'm, we've, we've been asked, you know, questions like, you know, whether certain price segments are doing better than the other. Of course, uh, we still need to, you know, make a couple more weeks of observations. There might right. be some fluctua- uh, fluctuation between weeks to weeks, but it seems like, you know, across the board, uh, we're doing okay. Um, pending sales wise, what about pendings, which is a little bit more uh, telling. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when we think about uh, the future and not the past, right? Closed sales tell us what happened over the last couple of weeks. Pending tells us what's going to happen over the next month or two. And those numbers uh, actually after after kind of petering out there two weeks ago, we've had uh, another good week of growth in pending sales statewide. And again, that was true across, um, you know, areas and and price segments and critically with the pending numbers in particular is that we're back to that pre-shelter in place uh, level for pending sales statewide and I think across every region as well that we had been kind of uh, making making progress but this is the first week I believe where we actually exceeded that pre-crisis number of daily pending sales. And it looks like it uh, exceeded by quite a bit too. I mean, we have been seeing the upward trend, but uh, it has been exceeding quite a bit. Of course, there could be people catching up. I mean, I don't know, you know, how, I mean, we have heard anecdotally that, you know, there are a little bit more activities, maybe because of the reopening. Yeah. Um, maybe people are catching up. Yeah. And I think that there's maybe some timing effects in there where uh, last weekend, both the economy was starting to reopen and uh, it was a holiday weekend. And so All people right. could actually go outside at least a tiny bit. And so maybe some of those uh, transactions didn't get uh, didn't get fully booked in until, um, you know, this uh, most recent week or something like that and so or they got them in early or what have you but uh, you know either way we're back to that pre that pre-crisis level or a little bit higher again across uh, a broad swath Uh of areas and price segments and so uh, that is critical for for kind of highlighting that we are indeed uh, you know past that bottom and and starting to um, gradually recover that that lost ground yeah, with uh, with that much, you know, increase and, in, um, you know, pending in the last week or two or so, um, you know, hopefully, of course, uh, sellers are also putting their uh, properties on the market and it looks like they have been, but yeah. it might be leveling off a little bit, maybe because of uh, the demand side. Yeah, exactly. And this is why I'm not, even though we had that kind of month to month increase in the unsold inventory numbers, when you look at the pending and you take them together with the new listing numbers that yes, we're still getting uh, many more new listings onto the MLS each day uh, than we were back in mid-April, as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're still depressed relative to where we were before the crisis, unlike on the pending side. And the other thing is over the last two to three weeks, we've really seen the number of new listings uh, lose some steam. And in fact, they went down again last week. This is the second week in a row where we had fewer new uh, properties on the MLS than we had the the week before being added. And so, you know, from that standpoint, the economy is reopening. Rates are are really low. We've seen fewer and fewer folks filing for unemployment, yet we're not getting the supply coming back. And I mm-hmm. think that that's going to continue to hamper closed sales as well. And it might, you know, with uh, new listings kind of leveling off a little bit, um, even though the, de- the the decline on a week-to-week basis is not that 
much. It may actually provide a little bit more support to pricing than uh, we, we thought True. it would. Yep. Right? So again, we will have to take a look at that. Yep, that's one that we're, we're watching quickly because it does seem like we're getting back to our old self where we have more people wanting to buy than we have homes out there uh, for those folks to be able to get into. Now, I mean, I mean, of course, we're looking at, you know, MLS data and transactions. What about maybe in a more general sense? Are we looking at, let's say, you know, mortgage applications? Are we seeing yeah. a little bit more information from there? Are we seeing some optimistic um, perspective? Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely not just on the MLS data side. We're seeing uh, lots of signs, particularly on the buyer demand category, right? So if you look at mortgage applications, I think uh -huh. uh, nationwide, they're up six, seven weeks in a row. And we've got one week on top of that it, here in California. We started growing actually a week earlier um, than the rest of the nation. But actually, critically, we're, we're back to those. I think we're above even the pre-crisis levels. And even on a year-over-year -year basis. I know. Uh, U.S. mortgage applications. This is just purchase money, right? So we, we of course know there's a huge refi boom going on with rates as low as they are, but um, just purchase money is actually above by almost 10% where it was uh, at this time last year. So we recovered all of that lost ground when we were running something like 30 to 40% below right. uh, 2019 levels back in mid-April that we're now not just uh, back to where we were in in February, we're actually ahead of where we were in May of 2019. And it's the first time in 10 weeks that we surpassed last year's level. So that's encouraging. I mean, if you look at, you know, if, if we just look at week to week, we might say, okay, well, there's seasonality involved. Right. But uh, compared to last year, we're, we're, we're back. Um, and that's pretty and that's critical. First time in a long time. First time in a long time, yeah. I mean, of course, um, at the uh, at the state level, we might still be a, below a little bit, just by a little bit. You know, we were hit a little basis. harder, and uh, we've grown actually a little bit faster, but we had a little bit bigger of a hole to climb out of. But That's still, we're true. basically right there at those pre-crisis levels, and so we should start to uh, to to follow suit. And in fact, we are still growing faster than the rest of the U.S. last last week. So we should uh, be back in positive territory when the next uh, next week's numbers come out. Yeah, take into consideration that, you know, rates remain low and, um, you know, we, we, we reopened and I think we may see some uh, uh, new numbers, uh, a positive number next week. What about right. showings? Showings also are seeing some improvement, right? Right. And that's, again, another uh, sign of, of buyer demand. I think there, too, we're still slightly below where we were at this time last year. But uh, on a weekly basis, we had been seeing declines of like 60 and 70 percent in, in late March and uh, early to mid-April. And since then, we've actually seen the weekly numbers First, they've been slowing consistently, right? Like getting worse right. with a smaller amount from mid-April onward. But actually, um, from really that first week of May, we've actually seen the number of showings actually increasing such that we're just, just right below where we were at this time in 2019. And again, already above where we were at the end of February. Yeah, we're when we and you said, you know, we're just slightly below, we're talking about three or 4%. I mean, that's right. very impressive. Um, you know, how far we have gone. I mean, even though it's only a few weeks, I mean, we're, we're saying, you know, 60, 70% in mid-April, it's only about four or five weeks. And I think, uh, you know, people figured out, um, of course, in, in, in addition to the reopening, you know, kind of people figured out how to actually uh, look at homes. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good sign. 
definitely. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Again, I would just remind you that we're still two-handed economists, though, right? We've seen a lot of progress. We've seen the economic data in terms of, uh, you know, unemployment claims start to come down. We've seen the market data start to improve in pendings and listings and all of those other major macro, you know, indicators like the lowest rates of all times, those signs of buyer demand like showings and mortgage applications all start to move in the right direction. And so most of the news, and actually when I did my weekly write-up this week, it was a little bit harder to find, um, you know, a balanced look because there wasn't as many bad, bad news data releases this week. But I think even as things start to reopen and these indicators move in the right direction, we also need to uh, keep it real with ourselves that, you know, a lot of damage has been done and it's going to take a while um, for us to heal. And so even, even as things start to, to gradually get better, and I think that will continue to be the case, it'll take a while to get back to, to whatever this new normal is going to ultimately end up looking like. Yeah, the new normal is, is you hit it right in the head. You know, we we're, were talking about the new normal. It's not going to be like what we saw four months ago. Uh, but you know, any glimpse of hope, uh, any light, you know, from the end of the tunnel is actually very good, okay. and it hopefully it will get better. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us for another Housing Matters podcast. We'll go ahead and leave this one there, but we'll be back, we'll be back with you in two weeks or so with uh, everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. Again, my name is Jordan Levine, and uh, as always, Oscar and I are so glad to have you with us. All right. Take care and stay safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.